This is Lodge Tales. I'm your host, Rod Williamson, and thanks again for joining us on another episode. If you are Native American and you'd like to come on the show to share your strange and paranormal experiences, please consider emailing us at lodgetales at gmail.com. And um, I heard the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy shit, it's the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my light and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you you don't own them, but you you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you. It'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like you know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig. You know how they kind of bounce. Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way. And, and uh, shit, he took off. He took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. All right, thanks for joining us here at Lodge Tales once again. And our next guest on our, our show is uh, Clifton Bullshoe. Um. I'll go ahead and let him take the take the lead right now and go ahead and introduce himself, tell him a little bit about himself, and then then he'll he'll go ahead and go into his ghost stories. All right, Clifton, um, if you don't mind, go ahead and tell us uh, you know a little bit about what you experienced and kind of walk us into everything. Well, okay, my my name's Clifton Bolshe. Uh, reside here on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation. And uh, the story I'm about to tell you happened to me when uh, I was younger and me and my wife first moved into our first apartment here in Browning. And uh, we used to uh, rent from uh, Stu Harwood in Peggy. They had a brown building there by the Catholic Church on First Street. Was it First Street? First I have one of them. Well, anyway, uh, one night... Uh, or one evening, I should say, it was dark out. I went to bring my dog for a walk around Government Square. So we went over, and it was winter out. You know, you're walking on the snow, crunching snow as you're walking, walking down the street from uh, from uh, the Catholic Church down by the light office, and then over to uh, Government Square. You know, finally got there and. Did a couple laps, did two laps, and decided to come back home and walking down the street again. And, you know, you could smell uh, winter, you know, when winter's around, you could smell aspens, you could smell, you know, different, you know, the wood smoke coming down the street. Looking at the houses and stuff, you could see the the frost and icicles stack up along the corners. So it was cold out. 
and I got down to the the second alleyway to where my house was, and I used to walk up that alley, and my house, the house I used to stay in was about 40 feet from the road, so we were kind of tucked in the back there. Well, anyway, I get up close to the church, and my dog, Buddy, kind of growls through his nose and perks up and he growls again and he like turns back and he like kind of lays on me and pushes me with his head to stop me and so I stop and I was like looking around and I couldn't see anything at first and then then I could hear this woman I could hear this woman crying and this woman is at the front front doors of the Catholic Church here in Browning and she's kneeling down and she's crying my dog kind of growls and perks to his nose a little bit and, and he tries to turn around and go back down the street He's trying to pull me back down the street so I'm turn him around and I pull him and I'm talking to him go, come on buddy you know let's go home and he growls again and then this time he aggressively jumps forward and um, jumps forward towards the church and so when he jumps forward and he pulls me my head goes down and when I come looking up I could see that woman crying. She's telling, she's slapping, takes her right hand up and she's slapping that door. Oh, I'm sorry, please let me in. Just let me in, please. I'm really sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. And she put her hand in her face and she'd cry. And Buddy would growl just really low, just a really deep growl that you know that that kind of puts a little bit of fear in you you know when you you hear an animal growl like that so yeah you know and I and I pull him and I tell him, come on buddy let's go you know I'm trying to pull him down down that alleyway to face him down towards the house there and uh this woman stands up and she floats backwards to the rail of the stairs on that church where the balcony is on top of the stairs are. And her feet, her feet grab, grab that, the, the railing of them stairs there on top. And, and she perches and she sits down like on her heels. And she was saying, oh, why, please, why don't you just let me in? Just, just let me in. I'm really sorry. Just please let me in. And, uh, you know, and I'm standing there by this trailer, by the alleyway, and I'm looking, and, you know, and I'm, I'm in disbelief, you know. I'm in disbelief because, uh, hey, you know, is this really happening? It, and to mind you, you know, it, it, this is that dark, it's nighttime, it's winter, there's hardly anybody around, huh? And um, there was nobody else on that street except for me and my dog. So we, I finally pulled him back around and I go over to the house. 
and uh, my dog like takes off again, and I try to grab. Him. He's a big dog. He was about 250 pounds. He was a Newfoundland and uh, a Irish uh, Irish sitter uh, cross. He was a, a pretty good sized dog, but he um, he pulled me back down that alleyway. And that woman stands up on that rail, and she just like floats back down, <laughs> floats back down to that door of the church, and she's crying, and she just repeats all that stuff, like, like I said before, you know, she's, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please, just, you know, just let me go home, let me in, and, uh, you know, it, it never it never worked out for that spirit that night. For I don't know, she's looking for redemption in her own way of uh, getting rid of her. You know, the, the the evilness of her. You know, asking asking for help and forgiveness. You know, you could see not only people in real life ask for help that way, but you know, spirits when they're lost and stuff like that way, they ask for help. Or they have people help them, you know. Yeah. yeah, that night, um, after I got my dog under control and we got home and when my dog slept right by us that night, he he usually, you know, sleeps by the door or outside on the balcony and that night he didn't he didn't let any of us out of his sight. Oh man, it was a, it was a uh, scary situation at first but after you know you sit and think about it you know spirits they uh you know they, they come in all shapes and sizes you know and not all of them want the same thing but you know for the ones that that ask for help i think those are the ones that are seen the most yeah yeah I think you're right you know a lot of the times when these people are uh they're getting spooked and stuff you know they'll hear those bangs i was always told when you hear that bang i mean the spirit showed up but um yeah they're always they're always trying to um to make sense of of everything right and um i think a lot of times those spirits what they want is, is what you were saying too i mean i don't mean to get sidetracked here with my train of thought but uh they I also heard they, they when when they're around like that they're trying to get your attention. A lot of people, a lot of times, this scares you. But if Daryl said, if you can just overcome your fear and try to help them some way, you know, overcome your fear is what he said. But I'm saying if you try to help them by overcoming your fear, you can you can influence whatever journey they're on in a positive way. You know, there's that story with me down down in Bozeman when that that spook was in that warehouse. I had to cedar that place out and ask the creator to take him, to bring him over because he was over here sad and no good and, you know, not in a good way. And, and it didn't bother me no more when I finally cedared that place out, you know. But I think when people get spooked, I th this is my sus suspicion, is that sometimes they're just there trying to get your attention to ask for help. Maybe it's just prayers. Maybe they don't even know what to ask for. Yeah. And over time, they keep asking, they get frustrated, you know, because it's said, too, the longer you don't cross over and go back over to the Sand Hills, 
and you stay here, you're going to be bad. You just turn that way. And that's probably why you get frustrated too much. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, this lady, this lady is I'm talking about. I should have addressed this too at the beginning of the story is that she was in a kind of a yellow, like a really light yellow gown. She was barefoot and there was no sleeves on that gown. Just, you know, it was just, just the way I seen her was just like that way, just in a gown, barefoot, no sleeves, long hair. You know, and like I said, you know, she was crying, crying, holding her hands in her face and, you know, she's slapping the door and asking for forgiveness and that, uh, you know, and I don't, at that time, you know, I, I didn't really understand about, you know, helping spirits or, um, or uh, not helping them, but, you know, understanding, like, you know, why, why they appear or, you know, why they appear to a, a certain individual mm-hmm. or a lot of individuals over time, you know, you know, many people will say, oh, yeah, well, I see, you know, something like that happened to so-and-so, you know, so it's not, you know, it's not just me that might have seen something like that way when I lived there, you know, other residents that been living there for, oh, cripe, 20, 40 years now on that street, they probably seen some crazy stuff. <laughs> You know, nobody really, you don't hear about it, though, because nobody really talks about it. Maybe with this show, it'll come out and people will hear it and be, hey, wait, I'll, I'll call in there. Yeah, you know, and there's, you know, and a, and a couple things happened to us when we lived at the house. You know, I had, I had a few more incidents that um, happened in, uh, you know, in, in seeing, seeing is believing. You know, seeing, believing, and then if people could just actually wrap their head around, not just in this world, but, you know, there's all these different little worlds that are around us, too. You know, these spirits, you know, animals. Animals have spirits, too. And a long time ago, that's how we gained our power as a people, you know. Our dreams are powerful. They're, you know, they they give us visions. They give us information to where we need to go, what we need to do, you know, and 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 actually sit and talk with the spirit, and have a conversation of medicines, of power, you know, how to heal people, things like that way, you know. And, and a lot of people don't open up themselves to that world, so. There's a lot of misunderstanding and misuse of words that that people should, uh, you know, really hold hold close to them because, uh, you know, a lot of our family members are on that side. Mm-hmm. Everybody's family members are are on a side. You know, it doesn't matter what they believe in God, Creator, you know, Buddha, whoever, you know, what you all think as a people. We all, we all pray in our own way. We all have our own, you know, our beliefs of our people passing on, things like that way. And to have something happen to you to where you can witness it yourself, 
you know, is uh, I don't know if it's a blessing or if it's um, um, like a warning of change of life. You know, because a lot of things, you know, things that happen like that way, a change of life will be coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's really something to that, that change of life. Um, how about when, tell me what happens. I'm just going to ask you. <laughs> One of the girls in the family, or anybody in the family said, I had a dream there was a snake crawled over my foot. Or anything like that, or there's a snake in my dream, or yeah, that, it's usually a uh, um, a family member that's gonna that's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's usually a family member that's pregnant, it or never or somebody in their own family that's pregnant. You know, and it's not just necessarily the women in the family; it could be the guys. Yeah. You know, the guys, their their mates, their girlfriends, their Wives, you know, they're chippies. <laughs> <laughs> a baby is coming. A love child is coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or they they dream of frogs, or you know, a lizard, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. salamanders, yeah. or. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, it? You know that never fails. Every time I hear hear somebody say that somebody is pregnant, it just never fails. Kind of the oddest yeah. thing, I, I think. You know, <laughs> a lot of those, those dreams are really powerful. They're they're so powerful that sometimes I don't even know what to make sense of when I come out of them. You know, you just sit there and you just wait. Years might go by until something makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Or or uh, you know, like you're saying, you dream of you dream of a reptile or. And, uh, and then, like, a couple months go by, and then someone says, oh, yeah, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a true story. My, my wife, Kamalita, you know, she jumped. She was dreaming of snakes. My sister, Katie, or my sister, uh, Candace, jumped of snakes and Everybody in our family was dreaming snakes, and the ladies were pointing fingers at each other. No, it's you, it's you, it's you. You know, all last spring, someone, you know, they kept dreaming of, dreaming of snakes, and all the way up till, what was it, September or October? Yeah, but she didn't tell us then. But, well, anyway, my, my daughter, Shantanya. <laughs> she had everybody fooled, and she didn't even know it until she was like uh, nine weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was a blessing in disguise, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what everybody then after she come out, she called us, and everybody was like, "I knew it was somebody in the family." <laughs> yeah. You know what, there's one thing I want to bring up. I, I heard, because we were talking earlier, and I heard um, on Strange Familiars podcast, there's a guy named, uh, well, Timothy Runner, Renner, that's his podcast. And um, I'm just kind of throwing some, you know, some uh, mentioning to their podcast their way to promote them a little. So he, 
he has a, a guest on there. His name is Brother Richard. He's a Catholic um, monk over in Ireland. And one time I told him some stories. Well, anyways, we got, we're looking at the. I was looking at the comments, and um, he said, he said, you know what, you know, because how we pray, how we seek medicine, how we, uh, you know, how those really holy people they really watch their thoughts. When you're when you're holding so much responsibility with those bundles and everything, you don't make hard thoughts toward people to that travel. You know, all these things that we know of. Brother Richard knows of him too, but in that Catholic way, and he'll have a way of talking about him in his Catholic way, and how he phrases it, he's he. he I imagine he smiles, but what he says is, um, we are all using the same channels to tap into the same force, you know, the same power, the same life force, the same creator, the same Sebastopol, you know, source of life, whatever you want to say. But that was fascinating to me because really what we've, the Catholic yeah, religion in, in our way it's always been like this oppressive thing until you know people embraced it and kind of used it but even to this day it seems like this oppressive thing well when you talk to brother richard it ain't even like that he is like father powers remember how father powers was yeah yeah that's how brother richard is so there's like this i have a a newfound respect i would say for the church because of this man and um and how he talks. He talks he talks more like our holy people than he does like a how would I say a a, a preacher or something. He talks yeah. like those holy people, yeah, because he is. He uh he gave up his life to be a servant, just like those bundle holders are, you know. You become a tool of the creator. That's what yeah. he is. You know, he's no longer Brother Richard, he's a servant of of Natusi, you know. I think that's cool how they how that works because it is true it doesn't matter we all got our own ways but we have our own ways of of tapping into the well, our own channels to tap into the same the same power yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's beautiful yeah. outlets <laughs> that's why i think it's bad for people to say oh no my religion's right yours is wrong yeah i don't i think that's uh how would i say it i think it's naive to say something like that naive bias yeah yeah and see that's not really how it is you got your way you abide by and we got our ways we abide by you know and we we can't yeah. we there's a lot of mixing there is like you got you got blackfeet catholics blackfeet christians you got um yeah. you know and across the world you might have like um a buddhist um uh what's that one confucianist you know you might have these these yeah. these mixed religion shinto might be mixed with something you know but either way yeah. when you embrace that way you you basically agree to to um to follow in their ways you know and so that's what i'd like to tell everybody is look man we all got our own ways you don't have to follow everybody as a matter of fact we don't even in our way we're not allowed to recruit it's not even like that we let we let the creator and those spirits bring you to us you're meant to be there you'll be there that's just how it is we don't yeah we don't go out and send out flyers oh attend this sweat lodge on sunday ain't nothing yeah like you know, we don't go door to door and hand out pamphlets <laughs> <laughs> that is gonna be a sweat you know, and, and, and a lot of people you know native people were humorous you know mm -hmm. we'll we'll find anything to laugh at a racist no. joker 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of non-natives, they don't get our humor because uh, uh, they're not open, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not open to, you know, that all their lives, you know, something was drilled into them all, since they were, since they were born, you know, it was drilled into them. You know, you got, it's got to be this way. It's got to, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. Or, you know, and, and, and that's the religion, that's religion across the world. Yeah. You know, any religion, you know, um, wherever you come from, your, your culture is drilled into you, uh-huh. you know, and, 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 and like you said, you know, there's a lot of mixing. There's a lot of mixing of religions, and in, in, um, I know a lot of people that do both, you know, yeah. that, that'll go to church, they'll come to ceremonies. Hey, man, it, 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 don't, it don't bother me, none. <laughs> no, me neither. No, and, um, and, and one thing, um, one thing uh, a father told me before, uh, so you, you know, you know, um, I appreciate you coming to church, coming to my house. He says, but I'll never carry a Bible into your house. He says, because unless it's welcome, you know, unless you welcome it, you know, to, to, to uh, it's okay to bring a Bible in someone's house or, you know, if they're uh, a traditional person, if they have a bundle, you know, they ain't going to take a bundle to go to church, you know, things like that. You know, they, they, they have that understanding, you know, the, the, our spiritual leaders have that understanding of each other. And a lot of times they do help each other, you know, they'll sit and visit, they'll talk about certain things, you know, and they, you know, and a lot of times like father power, Father Power would even speak Blackfeet in church. <laughs> a few times, you know, I, I, you know, he'd greet, you know, he'd greet everybody in Blackfeet. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, there was a few times he, I, you know, I witnessed him do it in church, you know, and, and, it, and you kind of think about, man, just think a long time ago. If the father powers did that back then, like when our our grandparents, our great grandparents spoke their own language, you know, shit, they got beat. They got beat. Now to see father powers, you know, Daniel, Daniel powers to, to, uh, to speak back feet in a church, you know, it was like, oh man, you know, it felt good. you know, it feels good to see somebody finally, finally open up, you know, to to other people's culture, not only just theirs. What was that? I said that was really good about him. He always embraced yeah. us. He loved us for the yeah. people we were. You know? Yeah, and he'd smudge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he he would light he'd light smudge at church, and you know, every you know. Instead of using incense, he uses uh, sweet grass or sweet pine. When you're near you know? him, you felt uplifted, like how you do around those really holy people too. They make yeah. they make you feel happy. I don't know how that is. You just gotta sit by them. It's their energy. There's something. They're they're up there, man. And just and you can't help but be lifted by it. It's almost like you got no choice. 
Those are powerful people. Alright, we did Clifton's in, in I think two, two sessions. Anyways, we had to kind of take a break, but here's the beginning of part two. Again, okay, this is Clifton Bullshoe from Browning, Montana. Gonna tell a few stories tonight here with uh, my cousin in law, uh, Rod. So, we're gonna, uh, we talked about a couple stories before uh, about recording them, so there's this one here, um, I was uh, my junior year in high school. It was uh, 1990, it was 95, 96 here, my junior year, and it, uh, during basketball season. Uh, got home late one night after basketball practice. And, uh, just get into the lock house kick all my stuff. I was pretty tired. I didn't even want to eat. So I just went straight to bed. I was the only one over at the log house. So I had to make a fire. Wow. We had a whole log house on the ranch. That log house is over 100 years old before it burned down a few years ago. But on the west side, there, there used to, that was the bunkhouse. And then on the east or on the east side was the bunkhouse, and on the west side was like uh, the kitchen area and all that stuff a long time ago. But we now just they used to use it for a storage area. <clears throat> and had a lot of pictures and Grandpa's old books in there, and a bunch of old documents and stuff like that through the ranch and stuff. That was in the log house that burnt. But that evening, we we uh, we got done with practice, and like I said, I got home and it was late, so I just went to bed and I didn't think anything of it, you know, sleeping in lies, slept in there, it was a hundred times before by myself, and I never ever have been bothered, but I always always heard stories, and I was always kind of leery, you know, of uh. Of, of seeing and seeing they always talked about this little man I was this little man in this in the log house and um, stories before that um, there used to be a little man over in Doris Bullshoe's place there our old persons on Badger Creek there um, they had a bundle in there and a couple of times the people seen that little guy take that bundle down and take everything out and look at it and put everything back in there and wrap it back up and roll it up and put it back up on the wall. There are a few people that have seen that. that. That one there, I don't know if it's the same one, but that night I was laying in bed and I turned the light out and you can hear the fire crackling and the smell of dust being in the log house. 
smell of spittoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bunkhouse, all right. It was a bachelor pad. Smell of old stale beer and whiskey. <laughs> and regret. Yeah, yeah, and old cigarettes. <laughs> couple of joint roaches here and there <laughs> but anyway i was sleeping and uh, i was sleeping on the south side right by the door as soon as you walked in right to the left is where my bed was and virgil's bed was on on the right side of the door so and uncle Ray's was over in the corner in the far north northwest corner and then bike them, they all had a bunk bed, like a two-tier bunk bed over on the west wall. And, well, anyway, we're, I was sleeping, and, and I could feel this, like, like this shimmy, like, like, you know how, like, when somebody's heavy and they walk by you and you kind of feel like a float? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um... Well, anyway, I felt that, and I kind of, kind of, you know, I felt funny, and I just, I just pulled, I just pulled my blanket over my head, down to my chest, and I kind of peeked up, and I was looking around, and I couldn't see, I couldn't really focus, so I closed my eyes really tight, and I counted counted to 10 and then I opened them and I could kind of like kind of see a little better a little better and then pretty soon I could see this thing move and I was like what the is that, they put that, that cat in there god damn it that pissing cat's in there so I got up and I turned that light on and I walked over by the window and I turned that light on we only had one light in there, and it was by the window. And the radio was there. We had a little table there. We played crib on, a couple chairs. And I turned that light on, and I'd look around, and I couldn't see nothing. I didn't see nothing. Looked under the bed. I grabbed that broom, and I was kind of like sliding that broom underneath that the uh, the bed to see if I could, you know, hit that cat. And I was like, shit, there ain't no cat in there. You're saying shit. <laughs> I was telling myself that. I'm, so I, I just went back over and I just left that light on and I went to bed. And here I just no more dozing off. And I, shit, I felt that again. Felt that shimmy. And as soon as I looked up, oh, it's just like I froze. The only thing I can move is just like my my eyelids and my eyes like moving them up and down and sideways, yeah, and and blinking. That that was the only thing I could do. Just like I froze, and at the at the end of my feet, that little guy had me straddled with his front arms at the end of that bed, mm. and and right where my feet were is where his face was, huh? And he just kind of—it was like a midget, you know. I, you know, midget. You know, that's what it reminded me. It was a midget, but it, you know, there ain't no midgets around here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the only way I could interpret it. Is, is it was like a midget? It was a small person, a tiny person. 
But anyway, he had me straddled and he'd, he'd push down with his hands on that bed, you know, he'd shake that bed. And, and then he'd like start crawling up, like he just kind of like slowly made his way up to where he was on his knees at the end of that bed. And by that time, his, his arms were like already by my knees, huh? Hmm. In his, you know, he was getting closer and closer to me. And fuck, I tried to scream. I tried to holler. I even tried cussing and shit. It wouldn't work. I couldn't do nothing, man. I was just, I was just froze. And then, shit, I, I just, I just closed my eyes and I just tried to kick hard as I could. Shit, and I ended up kicking him. And kicked him off me, kicked my blankets off me at the same time. And I just had a, a barefoot and just had my chunks on. And it was about about 18 inches of snow outside. And it was cold. It was during winter time when this happened. And I piss I beat it over to that house, man. I was slipping in the snow. Shit, my feet kind of got cut up a little bit from the ice and stuff. Hmm. Should I come through that back door and I did right to the couch, man? Who was I sat on that couch and I just sat there and my grandpa come in and he said, "Come in in his wheelchair." What's wrong, my boy? So no, I told him that. I thought I seen that little guy they're always talking about over there. Oh shit, I'm gonna have to go over there and clean it out again. Yeah, that's what my grandpa was saying. Oh, we have to get them boys together tomorrow. And he said, What do you do to you? I told him he just he tried to crawl up up close to me at from the end of the bed to where I was laying. And he said, well, how, what happened? And I was telling him, I told him, shit, I, I froze. I couldn't even, only thing I could move was my eyelids and my eyeballs, like moving them up and down and side to side. And, and that was the only thing I could move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't scream. I couldn't even cuss. <laughs> and I told him, I, told him, I just closed my eyes really hard, and I just, I was just trying to kick in my mind. You know, I was just kicking, kicking. And shit, I finally, like, I kicked my knocked him and my blankets off that bed and I ran over here. I said, that door's too open over there. He says, ah, oh, put your boots on. I said, we'll go over and we'll, we'll turn that light out and we'll uh, turn that damper off on that stove, let it burn out. All right. So well, we walked over there. And shit, it was cold out. I had my boots on and a jacket and my chunks, and we walked over there. Yeah, Uncle Virgil. Where's that? Where, where did he come out of? I told him, shit, I don't know. He says, everybody says he comes out of just Uncle Ray's closet. I, told him, I don't know. I was sleeping when he, he was already by me. He's like, oh, he says, you didn't even know? <laughs> I thought, you know, I'm tired. I got done this basketball practice, man. I'm tired. I didn't even want to eat. I just went straight to bed. 
went over there. Anyway, we got over there. Me and Virgin turned that light up. Cool. We turned that damper off and we turned that light out and we come out. Just no more close that door and we used to use baling twine to uh, tie it shut, huh? We had a big spike there and by the end of the, the by the door and the one of them logs and we used to tie it shut. <clears throat> and from the inside we could tie it shut from the inside. And uh well anyway we were just tying it shut and we just no more turned around and oh we heard a big slam right on that door. Like a big pop. Holy shit, that was loud. Bird said, come on, let's go. Don't even look back. Just keep looking. Just look forward. Just keep going. <laughs> shit, we got to that house and that, I glanced back and that pissing light was like, hmm. Bird turned around and said, ah, just leave it. Just leave it. We'll, we'll go clean it out in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was one one of the stories there um, that happened to me in that log house. Went on there, and there was a few other times um, family members seen him in there, artists seen him. Uh, I think Rod Rod seen him, and Steve. Yeah, I know Uncle Ray talked about him quite a bit. What did he say? He looks like. It was just a just a little man, just with like uh, I don't know. He shit. I don't even know like what he wore. It just he looked normal to me. Like he was just a like like he had a I don't know. It wasn't a t-shirt, but it was a shirt. I know he had a shirt on. Was he proportionate, or did he look funny? Like how you said, like a like a dwarf. Yeah, he looked like, you know, he looked like a dwarf type thing, and the top of his head was kind of flat. Weird. It was kind of flat a little bit. <clears throat> that was the only kind of thing that was odd about it. It was like the top of his head looked flat. Do you think he was from uh, across the mountains? <laughs> the flathead? He's flathead <laughs> guy, yeah. Flathead spirit. No. I don't know, but, um, you know, there's... You know, out that way, on Fourhorn, Whitedale Creek, Badger Creek, I don't know about Tibetan if they've ran into anything like that way, but I know Fourhorn too. You know, I've heard stories from uh, my family members, my grandpa, my uncles, aunts, uncles, great great uncles, great great aunts tell stories about a little man in that lake. And I always wondered if, you know, if it was the same one, you know, he traveled. Travel back and forth, checking things out, or if you know if it was a group of them, you, you never know. <laughs> yeah, never know. But yeah, ever you know, ever since then, shit, you know, little people like when I see a midget, man, I'm just like, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. I always keep an eye on where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> Get excited when I see you, and now, shit. You know, those little yeah. people, they, we'd see them, I'd see them sometimes, but that one I seen, I, I seen two of them. One was only like, he's like 12 inches tall, the other one was like four feet tall. But that four feet tall one was a shadow, the other one was just a little shrunk Indian. Yeah. 
I seen them little tiny guys up, up uh, looking glass. Me and my wife, my kids, we'd go up there and pick thimble berries, towards uh, kind of like the middle of July. I was on my birthday. We'd go up there and check on the fifteenth of July. We'd go up and uh, we'd check to to see if they're right or how far along they are. And usually, right about then, some of them will be right towards the end of July. Then that you know they really get right. But we're up there and we're picking them, and they're just like raspberries, you know. They're like a raspberry type thing. And uh, we were all uh, we're all up there picking, and pretty soon it's like we all just stood up and we all looked the same direction, like we all felt something. We all just kind of come together as a group. <laughs> we're all picking and. And I went up and I put tobacco out and I was like, ah, oh, whatever it is, you know, leave us alone. And I thought it was a bear at first. Thought it was a bear and I put tobacco down. We were just still picking and shit, we could just feel that, just that uneasy feeling. Pretty soon Tommy looks around and she's like, what's that right there? And I'm like looking and I couldn't see it really good. And like, Underneath them shadows, and uh, that's how we ran into them up there. There were a group of them. A whole group? Yeah, we left. We left out there. <laughs> you know, uh, my dad has a story that those little people. His is kind of interesting because what he um, they were cutting wood and they walked up and they seen an abandoned wagon, and uh. You know, I thought when he, when he first told me this story, I thought he was talking about a kid's wagon that you pull. He says, no, it was, oh, about yeah. as, it was as big as a kid's wagon, you know, just how small they are. But it was a yeah. real old-time 1880s wagon, rivets and all, pounded into it and everything. And it was just yeah. small, and uh, they they seen it, and they, they diverged their path, and they walked past another. Got a little wood in his head at that area, but come back they i think they went back the next evening or that evening anyways they checked shortly thereafter and that little wagon was gone his impression was that uh they caught him out there gathering stuff too must have been getting wood who knows yeah they caught him (laughs) they just hid dropped everything and hid (laughs) yeah yeah you could see him duck behind them trees you know the uh crazy dog society that's what that's all about, those little people. Yeah. Yeah. Know. He got me cats. Yeah. Yeah. And uh they that's what um you know, those little people are talked about all over the world too. You know, and uh in our it don't matter what story you get to when those little people get to fighting, oh Christ, I guess they're strong. Yeah, yeah. Fierce. I, I, I actually seen it happen to me twice. I seen the spirit jump into two different people. Ooh. Yeah. One was at the log house. We were all drinking. New Year's, New Year's Eve. Ooh. We were all drinking over at the log house. Just having a good time playing cards and uh, pissing the lane. Come riding in that log house on uh, Sachs, uh, um, 
sax Gray Colt that time. His name was uh, uh, Rockage Jewel. He was a Dash of Cash Colt. And uh, <clears throat> our Dash is Dash, actually Dash of Cash's brother, I think. But anyway, um, he come right in there. <laughs> Horseback. And Shitty had us all just scattered in there, and he was hooting and hollering and <laughs> flipping that horse around, making them turn around fast. And, and uh, he, he was just laughing, you know, just laughing, having a good time. And shit, we all start whipping that horse and whipping him, and Shitty ducked down and he turned that horse out of that door, and Shitty rode out. We come back over, he was just laughing at us. He said, Oh, shit, you should have seen you guys' eyes. <laughs> I started laughing. Oh, come on, let's finish playing cards, pissing. Drink our game, interrupted our game. We're just sitting there and we were drinking. And I had a beer with me too. And, uh, they opened that door. And, um, Beasy said, oh, I gotta go use the bathroom. So he walked up. And at the table, there was bike by the door. Or his back was towards the door. I was facing the door across from him. Dwayne was sitting by me on my left side, right, right next to me. And then right by Dwayne was... Uh, uh, Layton, Dwayne's brother-in-law, Layton uh, Roberts, mm-hmm. and uh, we were just playing cards. Where me and Layton were, were uh, we were paired up, and you know, Mike and Dwayne were playing cards. And here come bees walking in, and then this person walked in behind him, and that door was still open. And uh, um, Dwayne threw his cards down. He said, "We did it! We did it! We got it!" Um, they uh, thirty-one us to beat us for the game. Threw his cards down. He was all excited, and their human bike were all high-fiving each other. And they got up, and bikes like, "Let's go have a tote!" You know, let's have a tote. And he got up, and he went to turn. And when he turned, that person that followed Beasy jumped in the bike. Hmm. And this, like, this, like, bike had superpowers. Holy, picked Layton up by the shoulders and just slammed him. Boom! When, while, while Layton was sitting down. What? He little... pulled up out of his chair and just slapped him. Little bike? <laughs> yeah, a bike. Little bunny bike. Oh. And Layton, Layton was about maybe, like, 220 pounds, maybe 240. <laughs> You know, he was kind of a, a chunky guy. And, uh, <laughs> it was just over, just like that. Like, as soon as Bike did that, like, after that, like, Bike like, was like, hey, what's going on? You know, we all had Bike. Yeah. We're all holding Bike back. <laughs> holding Bike back? <laughs> yeah, we were, like, we were all on Bike, man. Easy, me and Dwayne, we were all on bikes. And Lane was laying there on the floor. He all knocked out. <laughs> it was probably the first time anybody ever held bike back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was crazy. 
Oh, and Lane come too. He was, you know, he was crying all shook up. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go tell Molly. I'm going to tell Molly. And Mike's like, no, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. Honestly, I don't know what happened. And they were going over. And then uh, Mike starts smashing Lane. And then Dwayne stepped in between them and. Dwayne got bike and fucking slammed bike down on the ground and bike started crying. He's like, geez, you guys always do this to me. You guys always pick on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was just, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, I'm a biscuit bike, do that, man. Pick up Layton out of his chair and slam him, like pick him up, like four feet off the ground and just slam him backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that that was you know that was one of the times that happened. Like I seen the spirit jump into somebody. And another time when I was living in town at Stu Highwood's apartment in that alleyway there, me and my wife both witnessed it. Um, they this lady they used to call her Horseface. Her name was Tony. I don't know her last name. Uh, Wanda. Wanda. Um, Scabby Robe and uh, her husband, that little Tony. Uh, Tony Franks. Um, and then there was uh, uh, Bozo. Bozo and Nose, yeah, they were walking. Walking down the alleyway, going towards the church. You can see what kind of that back window where we where were at. You know, you can see... Quite a ways down, you could see all the way down to that. Uh, is it a Mormon church there at the end there? Across from uh, that food bank area there, or is it the Mormon? It's, it's some kind of church, Baptist church, Mormon church. I don't know. There's so many churches around Brownie, and can't keep up with them. <laughs> but anyway, um, they were coming down that alleyway, and this guy was like, this guy was like bouncing. Like, you know, like, um, you know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig, you know how they kind of bounce? Yeah. Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And, uh, and he just kind of turned sideways and he turned back over to the other way and, and, uh, shit, he took off. He took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. And it's like Wanda, just like everybody like walked past Wanda. Like Wanda just froze there for like a couple seconds. Oh shit, she just started grabbing him and throwing him with one hand. Throwing him against them fences in the, in the alleyway. Just slamming him. Throwing him all over. And uh, shit, I took off. I ran out there. Start hollering, hey, 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 Start hollering. I got over there and Wanda's kneeling down and she's crying. And I was like, Wanda, Wanda, are you okay? And she's like, what happened? What happened? Who beat us up? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what she said. She's like, what happened? What happened? Who beat us up? <laughs> Because everybody was laying on the ground. They were all rolling over, you know. Oh, oh, you know. They were, they were all slammed around. 
Man, that's crazy. That, that same alley, I remember you told me that story I've been bugging you for. Do you feel like ta- telling it? Yeah, I can tell that story. It's the same house, same place. It was during the winter. Yeah. I always wondered why, um, I always wondered why, uh, this was in like 98, 99, when we used to live in the house there. And, uh, well, anyway, I always wondered why them, the trash was always dumped in that alleyway, you know. I always thought it was dogs. Dogs getting into it. Because everything was, you know, tied up. You know, everything was in a, like a box, like a frame for the trash cans. Those little tin trash cans that they used to have for the alleyway there. Well, anyway. Oh, that one night, I was just sitting there. And uh, had Buddy inside and Shantanya, my daughter Shantanya at the time. She was just tiny. She was about two years old. And uh, she was playing around with Buddy. And they were just playing around in the living room. And here I could hear these things. You know how uh, you bang trash cans together? You could hear that, that, that thing sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, banging. Well, anyway, we were, I was sitting there, and I just kind of leaned back on that rocking chair back towards that window, and I was kind of looking down that alleyway, and I was going to say, oh, shit, I wonder what dog it is. And I was really, I was watching the road, the actual alleyway, the road, and then pretty soon I seen a shadow on the road. That's somebody crawling. And I got up and I turned that light out and I walked a little further past that window to like look down so I could look a little further down on the corner of our house. And I didn't see anything there. And I could still see that shadow. And that shadow will kind of move, like move every now and then. And uh, that shadow was on the ground. And at that time, I didn't notice, and then it started moving. And then it got by these trash cans, and then I seen that trash can lid lift up, the shadow lift up. And when it did that, my eyes followed it looking up, and there was this, this spirit had uh, just the torso of a person, and then the rest of it was like a tail. Mm-hmm. And it would, and it would, crawl along that fence and it would it would get stuff out of the trash and if it didn't find anything it would dump the whole trash can and that and all that time i was just blaming them dogs and shit it was, it was the spirit was hungry so you know it just goes to show you know people don't believe on the other side they don't eat they eat <laughs> Yeah, I see. Oh. And yeah, how... I, was, I watched it go all the way down, probably about a good 25 yards, 30 yards down that alleyway, like that way, along that fence. It never touched the ground, though. It was always on that fence. How How would it, like, was it slithering? Like, how did it move? Like, it was, like, yeah, it would use its arms to, like, crawl on that fence and, like, just use... 
like yeah, like almost like a slither, I guess you'd say, or like a crawl. Weird. Yeah, that was that was one really weird thing that happened in that. A lot of stuff happened in that house. A lot of stuff. Another time, uh, we we're all laying in bed. We're just laying in there, and pretty soon, you know, Tommy's like, "Can you hear that?" And I'm like, hear what? She's like, you hear that? And I'm like, I don't hear anything. And just like our floorboards were like piano keys. I ain't shitting you. Our whole floorboard moved. Oh. Just, just like piano keys. Yeah, like an earthquake. But just and, uh, right there? Yeah, just right in that house happened. And I ran... I ran to the front door to see if any anything else was happening outside, and it was just our house. And I closed that door, and then them boards fucking moved again. On the, the floorboards moved, like a piano board. Oh. And uh, shit, we got scared, and I lit a smudge, start smudging, and Tommy's like, "Let's go sleep underneath uh, Sean's Sean's." Uh, um, Sean's crib, baby crib, and I was like, come on, let's go. So we went and we crawled underneath that bed and we slept on the floor. Made a bed on the floor and we slept there. Let that smudge burn all night as long as we could let it burn. And we woke up that morning and it seemed normal. It seemed like another normal day and we were talking, I was like, I wonder what that was, I wonder what, you know, what the hell is going on in this house. And, and we never, you know, we could never figure out what the hell was going on, but I, there was a spirit that used to stay in there, too. That was Clifton Bullshit. Thanks, Clifton, for coming on and sharing your stories. I'd like to thank all the patrons and listeners as well for coming here and being a part of all this and tuning in. Clifton will have part two in a patron episode, which will be, will be released over on Patreon, and it's for members only. Of course, Clifton, I'll be sending you a copy of the patron episode for your charge. <laughs> but everybody else, uh, that's where you can tune in and listen to him is over on Patreon. We only do that because... It helps fund the well the, the costs of making the show. You know, it's uh it's all self-produced. It's just me here doing this, uh, calling, setting up interviews, taking my time to edit all these these stories. I mean, these stories are bigger than us. They're bigger than me, and uh, they're gonna reach out and touch a lot of people. And you know, most of these eyewitness accounts are pretty compelling to say the least. I'm just happy to share a little bit of our world with you guys. And uh, thanks again for listening. Next episode we're going to have, after the patron episode, we're going to have Joe comes at night. And he talks a lot about seeing strange lights in the mountains, the Bigfoot, to uh, Seven Mile Lane. He, he goes into a lot too as well. So stay tuned for Joe comes at night on the next episode after this one. Alright, thanks guys and gals. See you.